your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And on today's episode, it's kind of, you know, you got to do it. We're at the halfway point in that it's the All-Star Game. So we are going to be looking back on some of the uh, more fun moments of the Avs over their first 40 plus games. And uh, we're going to be kind of doing that for the next week. Uh, not not ju- This is going to be you know, specific moments. And then as, you know, the, the days go and next we get into next week, uh, we'll be kind of focusing in on players, giving grades, awards, kind of just some fun things at the halfway point in the season. But before we get to any of that, first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, go to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Hit subscribe to get notified whenever a new show goes live. So overall, uh, I guess maybe, and, and there's no rhyme or reason to this. We're not starting at the beginning of the season, although we might. Maybe we should start at the very beginning. But after that, we'll just go wherever we want to go. Yeah. Um, but overall, just I think we should start with like uh, initial thoughts of the first half of the season. Obviously, it's very good, but how would you summarize the Avs' first 40-plus uh, games? Absolutely incredible, honestly. Um, to reach the All-Star break, still being single digits in the loss category, um, especially after the start of the season where everybody was kind of expecting it to be one of those grinding years, like, here we go. And then for the tear that we went on and the cohesion that we got, I mean, it's incredible to see what, We've rattled off and kept going. So, I mean, it's you're sitting in a good spot, especially in the standings. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think my cat's enjoying it too. I don't. I don't know if she's going back there, but um, yeah, I think uh, everybody. I, I I always do this. I always say like, "Oh, I'm going to screenshot that tweet or screenshot <laughs> screenshot that post, and then go back and you know call that person out or whatever you want to say." But yeah, I never do it, and uh, you know it's. You could have had a lot of, of uh, stuff to, to hold against people because everybody just seemed to be jumping ships so early in the season. And we're like, guys, this is a long haul. This is an 82-game season. This is not COVID-shortened season. No. Everything will be okay. And the difference between November and January is absolutely night and day. So, yeah, they, they, they struggled to get off to a good start. But that's normal for some teams. It's okay. You don't want to, but sometimes it happens. You just have to get into a flow of a season. The Avalanche are sitting on eight or nine losses right now. Um, If you go back to October, three of our losses came in October. Mm -hmm. So we are sitting in February. And you you have eight in the loss. In the loss column, you have eight. You've lost eight regulation games. Yeah. That should speak volumes. Like, yes, it was a rough start. Yes, people were jumping ship. People were following either players or just like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's understandable. I mean, remember, remember when, when, uh, I mean, everybody was calling for everything trade mm-hmm. everybody, fire Bednar, 
And then Bender gets then ben, then Bender gets an extension. Yeah. And people are like, what are you doing? And it's like, like if Joe Sackick and Chris McFarlane, who I who I meant to mention in the very beginning, uh, have have proven anything, it's they know what they're doing. And mm-hmm. we always want to say, like, oh, that was a great move. Taves was a great move. And then we want to turn around and be like, what are you doing signing? But like, you can't have those two things. We we've put our trust in them. Uh, and they know clearly what they're doing. And I said I wanted to mention Chris McFarland, and I do very quickly because the Anaheim Ducks did uh, sign a GM, and I will look up who it is really quickly because Pierre LeBrun posted about it. Um, but it was rumored that Chris McFarland was in the running for that. Pat Verbeek they signed as their as their GM. Um yeah, Chris McFarland was in the running for it, who is a hot commodity. He, I mean, the longer the Avalanche can hang on to him, uh, it's a luxury. And, yeah. you know, he's the assistant. Joe Sackett gets all the credit and, and, and rightfully so. But every move Sackett makes, Chris McFarland is right there next to him. So uh, I'm happy we, we've hung on to him even for a little while longer. But I feel like we're just counting the days until somebody's going to want him and pull him away. It, you kind of feel like McFarland gets all this love because of the success the Avalanche are going through right now, and everyone knows you're not stealing Sackett because it's going to be like one of those Stevie Y moves. Like even though he went to Tampa Bay, you didn't, you knew he was not staying there. Right. And um, Chris McFarland's next in line, so you're you're hoping to get some of that Joe Sackett shine off of him and bring him yeah. over. And he's been a hot name, especially it's one of those every opening that comes up, he's right there and. Speaks volumes that he's sticking with us. I know. Smart guy. Very smart guy. So like I said, uh, another day that we have him is a, is another day of uh, luxury. So yeah. um, that's that. So starting at the beginning of the year, and then like I said, we'll go wherever we want to go. But uh, we're talking about how things just got off to a rough start. The Avs, while they won the first game of the season against Chicago, it wasn't without controversy mm-hmm. because Gabe Landeskog after game number one and and nathan mckinnon did not start the season if we remember Mm -hmm. uh he was covid protocol and he didn't start the season after game game one gabe landeskog boards uh kirby doc and gets a two-game suspension i believe right yeah yeah so yeah they won the game and then that was that was kind of like really what people were talking about more um and we were saying Okay, if Department of Player Safety is going to start the season off like this and hand down a two-game suspension for that, fine. Let let's let's play off of that. And it's just been a disaster for <laughs> Department of Player Safety, as is the norm for them. Yeah. But that was not. Uh, that's not really where you want. You wanted to start with the win, which they got. But obviously, the suspension for Landeskog is not what the Avalanche needed at that point in time. Clearly, no. Absolutely not. And it was the first game on like ESPN, TNT. Like it was like, it was a big deal. And then for that to be the first national look that everybody gets to the avalanche, you're kind of like, ah. And then how games kind of went after that, you were like, oh, this is not the start the avalanche need. Like Gabe's already getting suspended. And then we don't have Nathan McKinnon. And it's just, it was a rough start. And when you see your captain go out like that, it's rough. And then when you're relying on the department of player safety, Oh, in hindsight, <laughs> we yeah. thought so highly of you at the time. <laughs> yeah. For a little while you were doing okay. Um, but that, you know, that just started the the rough beginning of the season, because like you said, you win that game against the Blackhawks and then you lose the next three. Yeah. 
and Landis Gog is out for those two. Um, I don't remember the game that McKinnon came back, uh, but it doesn't matter. But, you know, they lost the next three. They they beat the Lightning in overtime, and then they lost to the, the Golden Knights. So, you know, out of five games, they lost four of them, and one of them was a shootout win. So it was a rough start. Rough start. Yeah. And we mentioned earlier that's three of our losses of our single digit tally. So, yeah. Yep. Um, um, good. No, I, I, I completely agree. It was a rough start. And to see where we are now, you kind of like laugh at it. But, and especially with the production that Gabe Landeskog's giving us right now, mm. like, yeah, <laughs> it's night and day. So it, it yeah, pays I mean, to stay. <laughs> yeah. He, he got the, he got the contract. Uh, first game he gets suspended. But he has come back, and I think when this season is over, uh, likely we'll have maybe the best season that he's had in an Avalanche uniform. I don't think there's any question about that. So yeah, easily. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, hear from Bet Online, and then we'll kind of keep talking about this. Maybe get into individual games, which we like. So uh, first, Bet Online has you covered this season with more prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before. As our NFL heads into the Super Bowl, and uh, it's what a week and three days, four days away. Yeah, it's just so it's crazy. It's late and it gets later and later every year. I don't like that it's as far into February anymore as it as it is. But it's an expanded season as well, so it's gonna it's gonna continue. Yeah, continue to get later. I know one team that's not playing is the Washington Commanders. Is it Commanders or Commandos? That would be funny. That'd be a bit. Uh, the Commandos. <laughs> they just have a skids mark right that's on their it- <laughs> <laughs> on their yellow trousers. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, anyway, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops. The NHL, obviously, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 seasons. It's where the game starts. That's betonline.net. Some really good individual games for the Avalanche this season. I would, uh, you know, I think the ones that we can kind of hone in on, I would say for the top three, and I don't know what order I'd put them in. I don't really think it, I'm not going to do that. But the Bruins game. Yes. Uh, the most recent one. Well, they only played Bruins once. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs game. Obviously, the one in Denver. The one in uh, Toronto was one maybe you don't you want to forget about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously, that Florida Panthers game. Yes. Those three games uh, against really. I mean, obviously, the Panthers are top of the standings. Uh, Toronto is flirting like top five of the standings and Boston is Boston. They're always in it. Uh, They're kind of up and down this year, more up than down. But those three games, I think were the, the trendsetters for the abs and uh, the, I don't know, just the the momentum builders for the avalanche. Just you can go back and point to those three games right now and be like, yeah, that's where the abs felt like they arrived. Yeah, absolutely. And they were tested in those games. They were behind. They had to work. And a lot of things went did not go their way. And just like the that Panthers game, I think I'm going to be thinking about that game all year. That was just a hockey fans game. Yeah. It's one of those that you could throw on. Like if it's it's one of those that'll be replayed in the offseason when there's nothing yeah. going on on NHL network, that game's going to be on. Like it was it's a classic. And in, who knows? It could be a sign of things to come with how this season's playing out. So um 
I would be remiss also with those top three games because, again, I have no life. Looking back at the season today, I know we have this bad taste in our mouth when it comes to Nashville, but back in November, Miko Rantanen had a hat trick against Nashville. Yeah. And you got a goal from Bowen Byram against Nashville. Yeah. Is that and the one was, where Byram, Byram had the game winner? Yes. Is that the one where he had the... Yeah. And it was, I mean, <laughs> six to two. Dominant game okay, against so Nashville. I'm thinking of a different game for Byram, but... It was uh, the production yeah. from both Miko, especially because I think that was right around the time that we were talking about there's no love for Miko, and then here he comes, hat trick. Right. And with how everybody's kind of looking back at that too many men on the ice call and feel yeah. like Nashville has our number. It's not always been the case. No. And even, uh, was it last year when they, they ran them out? It was uh, eight to three or something like that. I think. And, and they had like a six goal second period. Like, yes. Um, no, they, they, I feel like they've been back and forth lately. Um, and Nashville is more of a game team this year. So you're going to mm-hmm. have some pretty entertaining games, but yeah, I think, uh, maybe on the downside of things, uh, people still haven't gotten over that too many men on the ice call. Yeah. Just because it was so egregious. I mean, we talked about it uh, for a couple episodes in a row. And it's it was just one like the game that they just lost in, in the shootout to Arizona. Like, I'm over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, it, it, you put up a good fight uh, and Arizona beat you fair and square. They, they you know played by the rules yeah <laughs> they, they pulled their goalie they got a goal and, and they did what happens sometimes in a hockey game i'm over that one yep i'm kind of not over that panthers or the uh, predators one yet because yeah. it was just so wrong and when you're on on the the losing end of that call and i really i think about this how would i feel if i was on the opposite end of that call yeah i would fully admit that it was a bad call and i i don't know i don't what i feel like if we, you know, if we had won that game, we would be uh, a point up on the Panthers right now. Yeah. What I feel like there should be an asterisk next to that. I don't know. Maybe it's a, that's a fun conversation to have. And you and you feel like how we're talking about the Arizona game, like we lost, we move on. I feel like Nashville fans, when you're talking about that game, also treat it like we won, move on. They don't want to explain. That too many men on the ice call, they're like, hey, it happened. Let's not talk about it because it'll implicate us. Like, we shouldn't have won that game. So let's yeah. just, we won that game. That was nice, but let's move on because they also remember when we handed their butts to them earlier in the year. So they know what's actually going to happen. So, yeah. So, unfortunately, that is something that kind of sticks out on the negative side. Um, another one that sticks out, it's, it's both positive and negative it's it's more negative now because of how it's going for him and you mentioned bowen byram earlier in that nashville game uh you know he he got off to a fantastic start Mm -hmm. fantastic fantastic start and was kind of getting thrown in the mix for like the calder uh in early mid-november and we all know where it is now so that's just the there's so many unfortunates about it and you know the the you want him to, to get healthy and, you know, it's a serious stuff that he's dealing with, with, you know, brain injuries um, from a, a hockey standpoint, you were excited for him because he was, was back. He felt like he was good. And from the personal side of things, you really have concern over him. So yeah. it's kind of like that, that, you know, tipping, 
trying to level out the scales, health is always going to win out in my eyes. I, I just care about your long-term health, especially for someone that's you know 20 years old. Yeah. But things were looking good for Byram early on. And, and that from the hockey side of things, that's the downside. Yeah. And you, everybody was thinking about that dream pairing of kale and Bo, on like, yeah, on in the playoffs, having both of them together, especially the way he started the year. Like everybody kind of like, oh, this the fantasy matchups, like how you're going to put those D pairs in the playoffs. Like Bo's got all this potential. And then you hear about what he was enduring on the daily and waking up and calling his folks and saying, hey, I can't do this anymore. I know. And like you're living out your dream. 20 years old, you're playing on a storied franchise, a storied organization in the NHL. And you wake up and you have all of that potential money there in the future. And you're just like, I can't do this. Like it, it breaks your heart. And we talked about like when he made his comeback with uh, Ryan Murray, you're like, every time he was out there, you kind of wince because you know what he's enduring and you want him to take care of himself. Like that's, that's more important than anything you can do on the ice. Take care of yourself for the long term. And yes, I want you to get healthy. Do I want to see him again this year? I'm fine. Go take care of yourself. Yeah. That's I, I kind of don't. Yeah. (laughs) I don't. I, I just feel like you need to take this is like a injury, you know, where like for different reasons, but Tiger Woods takes a year off because he's got, you know, the, the before the car crash and the broken yeah. you know, that those back problems and you need and when when you know a back is a back and that that's that's that hurts, obviously. Yeah. This is your brain, man. Like this is nothing to mess around with. And it's it's you could draw the comparison to watching Calvert and how everything ended with him. Like you knew he was struggling, and then he came back with that pink visor. And yeah. they did like a piece like this is gonna help, and it raised awareness to I didn't even know that would help. So you yeah. saw that, and then he would play a game or two, and then he'd be out. And then you're like, yeah. oh. and you're watching him struggle and him go back out there. And you could see in his face, it's just not there. Yeah. Watching that struggle is painful. I kind of felt like a, a, when you resort to like a a pink visor, which like you said, like, I didn't know that, that really, I mean, it makes sense when they Mm -hmm. explain it. When you resort to that, it's almost like there's nothing else beyond that. If that doesn't work, hang them up. And, And that's what he did. All right. Um, who do we got? We got rock auto and then. You know, there's a couple things that we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. One that I, you know, that I will absolutely talk about, and one human being which you uh, obviously can't wait to talk about, which is always fun to talk about. Oh yeah. Uh, but first, RockAuto.com with the ever increase increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter? orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. So we knew Kale McCarr was good, um, and I think the the play that you will see over and over and over and over again, if you haven't already, you're going to continue seeing it. Likely 
this weekend at uh, All Star Weekend. You're probably going to be seeing it a lot there. Uh, you're going to be seeing it on you know, the just NHL uh, when they when they edit together clips to promote the lead. Like it's it's everywhere. Um, that move that he put on Kirby Doc in the overtime session against Chicago was just I never get old just tuning in to going to YouTube and it never gets old to to watch it. It's much like when the Avs had the dumpster fire season and the very next year they came back and made the playoffs, that empty net goal that gave mm-hmm. it, it was it was against the St. Louis Blues, winner goes to the playoffs. How how much greater of a thing that could could that be? And he shoots the empty net goal with like three minutes left, and they all just literally play a game of pylon. I will watch that maybe like once every couple of weeks just to yep. make me smile. I do the same thing now. That is added to a a short list of video, avalanche videos that I have uh, saved on YouTube. It's just it was a thing of beauty. Poor Kirby Duck. He's <laughs> not had a good year when it comes to the avalanche. He gets completely decked by Landy and then mm-hmm. Kale puts him on every commercial that you'll see for the rest of the year. It's so, true. I mean, that, that is, that is the hockey equivalent of uh, posterized yep. in, in dunk form. So um, that was amazing. I, we, we got to talk about uh, Devon Taves. He's kind of had a coming out party this season lead. I think he's still leading the league in uh plus minus. I haven't checked in a couple. Oh of yeah. Years. He was, he was high. He was, there was a distance between him and who was, Second, let me see. Actually, he's tied right now. He is tied plus thirty-one with Ryan Hartman from uh, the the Wild. But he has. I don't. I still don't think he's had a, a negative game yet. Again, unless he's had one recently, which I don't believe he has had. Uh, no, no. I mean, he's just. He's just that. We were. You were just saying how it was thought maybe it'd be Byram and McCarr. Mm-hmm. And b- maybe because of injuries, it's worked out where it's, it's Taves and Makar, and that is just a defensive pairing that you cannot mess with. And it's one of those that in the offseason, everybody's saying, how do you get over the absence of Ryan Graves? Like, that was his claim to fame with the Avalanche, was that plus minus and his efficient play when he was out there. Mm-hmm. Insert Devon Taves. Yeah, um, he's been f- fantastic. He's been absolutely incredible scoring when he needs to, but when he's out there, he's doing the job. And even in that Arizona game, he's in the places he needs to be. Mm -hmm. And he's doing the right play, leading his line. And I think another player that we're not appreciating enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's having kind of like a coming out party this year. I think for local Avalanche fans uh, and maybe people that really follow the league are noticing Logan O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of those depth guys that and, and I I was asked doing crossovers. I did a couple fantasy hockey shows and they were kind of who's that diamond in the rough guy. Um, I would always give him two. I'd always th- throw out sample Ranta because I like throwing a rookie out. I, yeah, no matter what, I always like throwing a rookie. Out, like this guy could be that guy that just had to break out as a rookie. Um, and I and I would say Logan O'Connor. Yeah. And um, I didn't expect this you know he's been an absolute force every time he's out there whether it's five on five and clearly on the penalty kill yeah and to your sampo point if you guys are sick of hearing me talk about nas wait till sampo makes the squad oh i'm a sampo stand so you will hear it a lot that's but yeah new horse yeah but loc has been incredible this year and very unexpected especially when he was coming up he did not anticipate this 
production out of him and he has far exceeded everything and consistently doing so like yeah. he's he's been a welcome addition to this avalanche squad yeah um and while sampo ranta hasn't been the rookie that i thought would kind of take off alex newhook is mm-hmm. alex newhook he, he newhook is legit um and again he what's he got here 34 games in um and you can just feel his comfortability level rising and rising um and even in the coaching staff you know yeah. they're putting him in in that second unit there was a couple times he was in the first unit power play uh, it didn't happen a lot but uh, when there was injuries they needed to slot him in there and they put him in there and you felt like he can handle this yeah so he's going to be uh he's going to be an exciting player to watch for a long time yeah and especially with how the year started like if if you followed yeah. new hook and you saw what he did in college. You knew what he was going to be when he arrived and for him to start and it be kind of flat and Bednar just say, Hey, we know what you can do. Go figure it out and come back. Guess what? He's figured it out. He's back and he's going to be here for a while. So he's doing exactly what he did in college. So bring it on. Um, 16 players on the roster have at least 10 points. Uh, the, and the last one on the number 16 is Bowen Byram, who's got 11 and he's been out for a while in, in 18 games. He's got 11 number one on that list. If you, anybody had said, who's going to lead the avalanche in points, you're probably one of two players, Miko Rantanen, and maybe the majority are going to say Nathan McKinnon, understandably. So I'm willing to bet 0% if you, you voted or pull, if this was family feud, we <laughs> pulled a, a hundred people, top two answers are on the board. It's, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. Nazem Kadri would probably be nowhere on that list, but he is having a heart trophy like season. Uh, he is your boy. And not only is it like good just to see him have this type of season, but having it after what happened last year in the playoffs, yeah. I think is really what kind of sweetens the pot for Nazem Kadri, the Avalanche, and Avalanche fans, obviously. Yeah, it's it's no secret I've been a Nas fan since his Toronto days. And even if you ask me, I would have never told you that he would have this kind of year. I don't even think he anticipated having this no. kind of year. And especially with how last year ended in the playoffs, almost like mirror of what he went through in Toronto and his Boston antics. Like you're like, Oh, here we go again. And he's like, you know, I'm getting to a point in my life where if I want to achieve something, I have to get this in check. And he has been an absolute hockey robot. Yeah. Like he's been out there doing what he has to do. There's no extra. um, He's not trying to overdo. He's not trying to just put it on cruise control. He's doing the exact same output game in game out and yeah heart trophy i mean it makes sense like yeah. he's he's on a mission this year now we're talking about this at the halfway point we got to get to the playoffs and we got to see what he does because he has his incidents here and there the playoffs always get him hmm. can we get past that second round and can we keep Nas with us going into the conference final yeah I did a shows. It was early in mid November. He was, you know, obviously playing well. He's been playing well all year. And I did a show because uh, people were kind of talking about sign him to an extension now. Sign it. And, and I was like, let's not go there yet. You know, we've still got a long way to go. 
We still get through the playoffs. I'm kind of regretting that now. (laughs) (laughs) I fully admit that. Like, you know, I was wrong there. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, he's likely played his way out of Colorado, unless he's going to give them a discount, unless he's going to give them a, a, and you can't even say it a hometown discount, but um, kind of another contract right around where he is right now. Um, I think he's he's probably going to go elsewhere because, you know, like we said the other day, if he does, if he wins the Hart Trophy, he's getting an increase from somebody. If he's one of the finalists for a Hart Trophy, he's getting an increase from somebody. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think the Avalanche have the money knowing what's ahead of them, namely with Nathan McKinnon, uh, to kind of really give Nazem Cut because he's making, what, four and a half this year? And what's he going to command after a season like this? Nobody was expecting this. So nobody really knows what he's going to command going into the offseason. So what I would say is just enjoy the ride right now with him. Yeah, Enjoy it. Uh, he's He's been spectacular. Uh, hopefully he can continue that and continue it into the playoffs. And if it ends in a cup, that is the goal. Yeah. And then you deal with the offseason when the offseason comes. If you can't sign him, you can't sign him. But if you win the cup, it's all okay. Then, then we just have to restart and, and reboot uh, without him, likely. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, then throw a Stanley Cup on top of a Hart Trophy or yeah. even a Hart finalist. I just don't see how they keep him. And I don't, and I hate saying that right now because it doesn't matter. You're, you're yeah. in this season and you have a lot to accomplish in this season. So let's focus on that. Enjoy the season that he's having. And then when the season is completely over and all the games have been played, then we'll talk about stuff like that. Yeah. And you know what? He's doing a really good job at making it hard when this is all said and done. Yeah. Especially when there were so many vocal people saying, leave him unprotected in the Seattle draft. Let him go. And and I, I was I didn't want to do that, but we were having those conversations as like, would it be strategically a good thing to do that coming off of the suspension? Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't think the as were going to do that, but you know, us having a podcast, we kind of just talked about it. Why not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to see that turnaround. And there's been multiple times like this is a brutal sport where you're going to retaliate and you see him restrain. Yeah. So I have all the confidence in the world that the, these playoffs and the rest of the season is not going to be an issue when it comes to that for Kadri. Yeah. It's a good thing. Seattle didn't take Kadri or EJ. They did take Donskoy. Congratulations on your first goal of the season. Good job. Yeah, I mean, we still love you, but uh, that's not – nothing is working out there. In, <laughs> no. Yeah. Rumors going around that he might come, be coming back. I'd be okay with that. If he oh, we it. changed our number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New phone who dis? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, well, that will wrap it up for – today so um yeah we'll be back tomorrow i haven't really decided what we'll do tomorrow we'll probably throw some grades out or something like that but whatever we do uh let us know any 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 favorite moments that you guys have had from this season so far shoot them over to lockdown avalanche at gmail.com or hit us up on uh, twitter and uh we'll we'll talk maybe i'll put them up on instagram like do a poll up on instagram some of your favorite moments so and we'll read them for tomorrow if we get some so that'll wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is obviously always appreciated. Go check out Locked On NHL. Get caught up on everything going on around the league for your second listen of the day. That'll wrap it up for us. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. 
Hi, I'm Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. See you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.